0: Stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm going solo to give investors my best tips on how to be a good long-term investor. Everybody wants to be a trader. You can watch YouTube videos, you can join various newsletter services, uh there's always some kind of coach you can hire to be a trader and learn how to do it but what about if you want to be a long-term investor there's there's not a lot of youtube videos that i've seen discussing you know tips on how to be a long-term investor and i'm talking about people who own stocks for 5 10 or 20 years or even longer the where's the help for these people? There isn't much. So that's why I thought I'd do this podcast. And now you might think, why do long-term investors even need any help, right? Because what is long-term investing? Well, you just buy a stock and you hold it and then you're done, right? So how much you know, different strategies are there with that? But um, there is strategy, even though it seems so simple. You know I know you can just buy like the fangman stocks and then you just hold them and you know in the past everything has been fine. You just buy some of those fangs or the fang men. Uh, but it always doesn't turn out that way. So there is some strategy involved in being a long term investor. Now the average length of time an investor actually holds a stock now continues to decline so I saw an article from last year in 2020 that says it's now down to five and a half months. When I've done this kind of podcast in the past, it was as long as 18 months, just a few years ago. Now that seems really long, right, Right, 18 months? Um, but that was pretty short because in prior decades, it's been five or seven years, even 10 years back in like the 1940s and 50s And that's because obviously there was no online trading or selling or brokerages or any of that stuff. So you actually literally had to call your Merrill Lynch broker if you ever wanted to buy or sell anything, and that was a pain, so you never did it. And it was very expensive. Heck, even back in the 1990s, you had to pay like $50 to do a transaction. So it was crazy, and so nobody nobody bothered to sell anything. But now we have Robinhood, we have all these other uh brokerages that don't charge anything to buy and sell it's easy to set up an account online or on your phone and so the average time is down to just five and a half months but as i said buy and hold is harder than it seems so why do it why not just trade why try to learn how to be a long term investor. And really, the reason is because then you can use the power of compounding. So let's take a look at Amazon as an example of what the power of compounding can do. Amazon, of course, is ticker AMZN. I own it in my own personal portfolio, but I haven't owned it, you know, since the IPO, I didn't own it until the last decade. So it's been a while. after the ipo when i ended up buying in so if you bought the amazon five years ago let's just say in late 2016 you're up 318 percent versus the s p 500 which is up just 101 uh, percent. so that's that's pretty long to own right over the last five years so that's when you start to see the power of this kind of compounding in long-term investing but let's say you bought it near the coronavirus lows, and I picked March 9th, 2020, and then you held it through November 9th, 2020, which was the, the lows, it got smacked down, then it had a recovery, and then we just got word of the Pfizer vaccine. So you would have gained 74% in that shorter-term time period. And that's about the length of time that investors have been owning. So that was good timing, right? But here in 2021 with Amazon, not so good because year-to-date the shares are up, but just up 3.4% right now as I'm recording this on September 21st, 2021. So it hasn't really gone anywhere, just 3.4%. That's, that's less than a lot of dividends that some companies are paying, right? So if you had bought last year, would you have held, have you been holding all throughout this year? Or did you get frustrated say in the summer here of 2021 as these shares have basically been treading water and going nowhere, did you say, eh, I'm done with Amazon, I'm dumping it here and get out. Because the S&P 500, remember, is up 16% year to date. So it's well underperforming, even just the basic index. For many investors, Amazon's 2021 stall, as I'm calling it, is just too much to bear. So I'm sure many of the recent investors from 2020 have sold and they've moved on to whatever they think is the next sure thing. So how do you learn to stick it out? How do you learn to be in it for the five years, like the person from 2016 has been in, or the person from the IPO? There's not many of those, right? I always try to find, them. there's there's probably like one, and I'm talking about the non-Amazon employee buyers. Uh, But Amazon went IPO in May of 1997, And through July of this year, $10,000 invested was $22.1 million. Most would not have held, as I said, all that time. Because remember, the early 2000s, it was awful. Shares went down, I think, under $7 or something at that time. So again, how do you learn to stick it out? So I'm gonna give you some of my tips on how to stay Uh, in a stock, and be a better long-term investor. So the first tip, don't look at your portfolio every day. As long as the business is still performing, the growth is there, the management is still doing what they set out to do with their targets, Uh, whatever industry they're in is doing well, they're innovating, all of that, as long as the actual business is still performing, there's no reason to quote-unquote watch it unquote, if you're a long term investor, I actually recommend that you don't have your portfolio somewhere on your phone, like a ETrade on the E trade app. Don't don't have it on your phone, uh, because then you're unlikely to watch it. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't be watching the stock market, or, uh, you know, have CNBC, uh, stock twits on your phone, and you see what your stocks are doing on there. But your actual portfolio with your gains and losses like right there in front of you, don't look at it every day and don't have it on your phone because then you're not gonna have an emotional response to whatever's going on in one single day or even a week of the stock market. So long-term investors, you gotta think longer term and every day is basically irrelevant to what your goals are. Okay, so that's tip number one. Tip number two is you might wanna buy some companies that pay dividends. We all like getting free money. That's what I call it, free. But you are an owner of that business. And if they pay a dividend, they're paying you out the cash flow. And if a stock goes sideways for a year or even longer, two years or more, then at least you're getting some cash in and you can reinvest it in more shares that adds up, that dividend also will compound over many, many years. So let me give you an example. I own Starbucks in my own personal portfolio and from January 4th, 2016 through January 2nd, 2019. So I picked the fourth and the second because those were the first market days to open in the new year. So that is a three-year time period. The Starbucks shares were only up 5.9%. That's it. For three years, it was up and down and in the super narrow trading range. Meanwhile, during those three years, the S&P 500 was up 27%. So it was massively underperforming the S&P 500. But at the time, shareholders, including myself, were paid a 3% dividend yield. It was around three at the time. And so I just reinvested that dividend and I bought more shares. And it helped me psychologically to stay in the stock while it was going nowhere over those three years because at least I was getting that 3% yield and I was just buying more shares. The shares remained fairly cheap. So I was dollar cost averaging into these more shares. And now over the last two years since 2020, it has broken out to new highs and is performing much better. So you don't have to buy all dividend-paying stocks by no means. We know many of the growth stocks do not pay dividends, but for your own, uh, a boost to your psychology and to keep your, your patience, it helps to have at least a couple of stocks that do pay a dividend for those times where it either you know has a sell-off or it has these stalls. Because compare it to Amazon over this year, there is no dividend with Amazon. People do get impatient, you're not getting anything other than that 3% this year on Amazon. So having a stock like Starbucks that actually pays you something out and a 3% yield, which was quite generous, is helpful. So that's my second tip, buy some stocks with dividends. My third tip is, to dollar cost average. So if you still believe in a company, but the shares are struggling like with Starbucks, I still believed in it. I was still going there all the time. My friends were still going there. They were still expanding their international business. They're opening up the reserve stores during that time. Uh, they, had, they did try the salads and a little bit more food that didn't work, but they were trying these new avenues they did switch over with management as uh, Howard Schultz left. So there were these other issues in there, but I still believe in the company. So that's why I stayed in it. You could dollar cost average, bring down your basis if there's a sell-off or just to add to your position, if you think that it's cheap and that the market isn't giving them enough credit for what it is they are doing. So I'm not saying, to s- that you should be throwing money at bad businesses that have big, you know, market declines because something bad is going on uh, behind the scenes, uh, or they're losing their edge, they're not innovating like their competitors, all of these things, or there's new technology, maybe that's going to supplant them, that I'm not saying to do. But if you, again, still believe in the company like I did with the Starbucks, then Dollar cost averaging can be your friend to uh, get stocks cheaper when there is some kind of sell-off, and then you're more likely to stay invested in the company and where they're going for the longer term. So let's take another example of Facebook. If you had dollar cost average Facebook, and I'm not talking even from when the time of the IPO when it did actually fall below the pre-IPO price and all that happened. More recently, it's had several big sell-offs, including, remember this one, in 2018 with those privacy issues. Remember when that was happening? It wasn't that long ago, but it was pre-pandemic. And the shares from July 8th, 2018 through January 2nd, 2019, so not even six months, the shares declined 33%. So that was, it turned out a big buying opportunity because after that January 2nd, 2019 date, it's now up 159% since that time. The S&P 500 is up just 72% over that time. So if you were a long-term Facebook uh, investor, which I am, I did not buy on the IPO, but I was an owner as of 2018, then a big sell-off, if you believe in the company, and you still uh, want to be owning it for numerous more years, that sell-off was a nice buying opportunity in those shares. So another question I always get is, which stocks do you buy for the long-term? Because that's another conundrum, right? This isn't really a tip, but um, I do get this question all the time. So my answer is always look for leaders in the industry look for growth because obviously you want earnings growth but also revenue growth you want great management that knows what they're doing this is key right especially for a long-term investment the management's not always going to stick around i mean look at apple you had steve jobs in there but for the last 10 years you've had tim cook and he's not going to last forever either so uh, try to get companies with great management always Uh, pay attention when management changes, obviously, but that's a key one. And you might even wanna try to buy companies that you're fans of. So if you only use Apple products, yeah, maybe you wanna own that. I know a lot of people who bought it when the iPhone was launched because they loved that product so much. Buy what you know doesn't always work, but a lot of times it can work. So um, keep that in mind too these are some of the things to look for, but there are no guarantees, even even if you buy some companies that are leaders, that have the growth, that have great management, and it's a company you're a fan of. So Sears used to be the number one retailer in America, and they just recently shut their final store here in Illinois, where I am, and Sears was a Chicago-based company. Obviously, the Sears Tower here, which is now the Willis Tower, was where Sears had its headquarters. So Sears no longer even has a store in the state of Illinois anymore. They were supplanted by Walmart. That's been around a number of decades now out of Arkansas and maybe some might argue they've been supplanted by Amazon. Who will supplant Amazon? I don't know, but somebody is going to, right? So a company takes a long time to reach this peak growth kind of scenario. And when it's no longer innovating or uh, there's some new technology that maybe puts it out of business, IBM was a great performer in the last century, but not so much this century as we know. So IBM from September 20th, 2011 to September 20th, 2021, 10 years, the shares are down 23% during that time. And yeah, they paid a nice dividend during that time, but no dividends helping you with that, none. Uh, the S&P 500 up way more, and this is down 23%. Uh, just It just hasn't been a winner, let's just call it that. So you need to be diverse when you are a long-term investor, hold at least a minimum of 10 stocks, believe in the business because you are owning it you are an owner and so if you're like oh ibm it's cheap but i've never bought an ibm product i don't use its stuff and they're getting there they're getting you know beat up by these other competitors but it's cheap so i'm gonna buy some blah 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 i want that dividend no that's not what you want to buy buy the innovators Buy those companies crushing it because they need to crush it for many years. (laughs) And that's not easy to do. And you know who some of these companies are, right? Um, Just a couple off the top of my head, Nvidia, PayPal, Estee Lauder, those are three that I have followed over the last five plus years and that I always wanted to buy, but for whatever reason I didn't buy at the time. Now I do kick myself because I'm like, why didn't I buy those like four or five years ago? We all have companies like that. So, you know, instinctively, who are the leaders, who are innovating, who are killing it. And these these three in particular for me are some that are just rocking it right now and have been for several years, even with the pandemic. So it takes guts and patience to be a long term investor but the rewards can be great. Compounding is an amazing thing. So let's talk about another example of that. Um, I already mentioned Amazon, that if you bought that on the IPO, what if you bought Netflix on its IPO? It was a little more recent. It was in 2002, so 19 years ago, almost having its 20th year anniversary. If you bought $10,000 worth in 2002, it's worth 4.8 million. And that was by July 2021. So that's not too shabby, right? But what if you had missed out, you didn't like it at the time, and you waited. You waited until they started up like a streaming business. You know, forget forget mailing me those discs in the mail. You wanted the new business. So maybe you waited until 2012, 10 years after the IPO. So from 2012, I did it through September 2012 up until the current day here in september 2021 it's up seven thousand three hundred percent now it is the best performing stock in the s p 500 over the last 10 years but this shows you don't have to buy the ipo to do well in in any company uh, but you do have to hang on you did have to be in that uh position in netflix for nine years and a lot has gone on in those nine years right so again, you have to go back to my tips. How do you stay in it? You stay in it by um, the things I said. Don't look at your portfolio every day. Don't 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 have it on your phone. Maybe buy some companies that pay dividends. Netflix, again, did not. But others do. That will provide you a little bit of a cushion and help with that psychology for when there are sell-offs, big pullbacks, even bearish type markets, or these types of markets where it just moves sideways as Amazon is doing right now and Starbucks has done in the past and even Netflix itself has done in the past. So um, dividends can help. And then dollar cost averaging, that can help with a lot of these hot stocks. They will have some big pullbacks. All of them had a pullback in the coronavirus uh, sell off in March, 2020. So that was another buying opportunity for dollar cost averaging for long term investors. But there's no easy way. There is no YouTube video that's going to going to be there for your entire long term investing journey. (laughs) This podcast is just supposed to help some of you who are struggling to hold on even longer than the six months. It does take having a stronger stomach and it does take having some patience. But again, the compounding is what you're after, and that is where you really see the big gains in your investing portfolio, but you have to stay in it to get that. So keep that in mind when you are starting on your journey. Don't beat yourself up. If you sell out of something and it continues to you know, do really well, um, also, don't beat yourself up if you missed out on some stocks because you were having doubts and you never got in. Also, with many companies, especially the big growth names, um, it, the growth lasts for decades. And even getting in at a later time period versus even its first, you know, five or 10 years as a publicly traded company, look at Alphabet. It's been around a long time too, but only recently has it kind of stepped up into the next gear. Also Microsoft, that company's been around uh, 30, 40 years now. So keep those things in mind um, that you don't necessarily have to be buying right at the beginning of a company's existence to also do well long-term investing. I've talked, in the past on a podcast about my family friend who bought Sherwin Williams back in 1990 because he worked there. He got shares when he retired. So he owns it, and he's held on to it for all these years. But Sherwin williams the paint company, they've been around for forever. So that was not a new company when he retired from them. He had been working there for several decades. And it's certainly not a new company now here in 2021. But it's been a big winner over the last decade as well. So keep all that in mind. It's not easy to be a long-term investor. But there are rewards. And you can do it. And let me recap some of the stocks I talked about on this episode, because a lot of them, but not all of them are long-term winners. Let's hope you can pick those out of the pack, but you're not gonna be 100% successful. But hopefully you have more of the winners than you do of the losers. So the first stock I talked about was Amazon, which I also own in my own personal portfolio, AMZN. Starbucks was the one I definitely own, and it's been a tough one, but it's breaking out again. S-B-U-X, Facebook has not been easy, especially for those who bought at the IPO because it sold off right on the IPO and it wasn't looking good, but if you stuck it out, it hasn't been too shabby. I also own that one, Facebook FB, one that hasn't worked for long-term investors. As Warren Buffett found out, which is why he dumped it, IBM, even with that dividend, it's was uh, a winner in the prior century, not so much here, which is why you always have to pay attention to all the companies you own for as a long-term investor. If the story changes, yes, you will have to sell and move on to something else, but IBM is just IBM. Then a couple that I missed out on that I wish I was in um, that have turned out to be big winners. NVIDIA, NVDA, PayPal, PYPL, SC Lauder, EL. And then there's Netflix. We're all still using it, even on the pandemic reopening, right? We're all still watching it. Netflix, NFLX. And as always, I'm trying to bring you a lot of stock ideas and whatever's going on with the markets, and a lot is going on here in late 2021, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single Market Edge. And you can get us on all the major platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Amazon Music, anywhere you can get podcasts, you can get the Zach's Market Edge. And if you're getting the zax Market Edge, make sure you get the Value Investor Podcast. You can get two for one on SoundCloud over there. Both shows are over there. I also do The Value Investor every week with some more stock choices. So um, be sure to get both of the shows. You get more stock picks. And I'll see you again next week with those stock picks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zacks Investment Research as a whole.